It's a shape. It's too wow. human. <laughs> but at least it's vegan, so I'm I'm in favor of that. Good for them. <laughs> Welcome to the Full Scoop Podcast, your weekly summary of what's going on in the world. I'm your host, Alan Brown. Serving up stories with me today are Winston, Jesse, and Ben. Why don't we start with something that is a continuation from last week? I think, Winston, you have for this. Yes, I do. Thank you very much for uh, that lovely introduction. I just want to give you guys a quick little update on some celebrity headlines here, what we've got going on. Ooh. Will Smith has been banned. 10 years from attending the Oscars for slapping Chris Rock, you know, good for the Academy. Took him only two weeks to decide to do that. Took him 40 years to decide to ban Roman Polanski. In Disney news, Disney has hired its first trans actress, Talisa Garcia. She will be in an episode of Willow. Good for you, Disney. Welcome to the 21st century. (laughs) And finally, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are officially engaged. All right, let's hope those two crazy kids can make it work this time. <laughs> I was going to ask, that sounds, I, I have a little bit of deja vu about that one. They dated what? It, it, late exactly, 90s, you know, early 2000s? Early 2000s, you know, and let's, let's hope for, uh, you know, a better resolution this time. Well, I mean, I mean worst case. The, char- the charm. So uh, when they come back and do it the third time, then we'll know it's serious. I think in another 20 years, yeah, when they're 70, they'll finally be ready to settle down. <laughs> Worst case, we're going to get some memes out of this. Right? <laughs> That's true. Last time they were together, memes weren't even a thing yet. Moving on, we're going to go backwards to move on. In a continuation of last week's, whether or not based on a true story actually moves you to, to go watch a movie, kind of going the opposite of that, Spencer. It is... A movie about Princess Di, played by Kristen Stewart. It I love makes, her. She's good. It <laughs> makes no illusion that this is based on a true story. It's actually historical fiction. If anybody has seen mm-hmm. Save the Last Dance, that's oh. what they say about Truman Capote, historical fiction. It is taking a real character and filling in some gaps. It essentially takes place over Christmas weekend at the royal palace and princess dies there all the whole royal family and it kind of presupposes what she might have been going through what she might have been feeling around the time when the paparazzi was all over her the rumors that prince charles was cheating on her messing around things like that and it just kind of follows her this one weekend it's a really good visual depiction of a character mentally unraveling because she feels both, she's feeling like really constrained and at the same time overexposed just because Mm -hmm. of who she's married to. And Kristen Stewart was actually really, really good in the role and it tackles subjects like her depression, her eating disorder, things like that, but in a very visual metaphorical kind of way. And it is streaming on Hulu. If you haven't seen it, I do recommend it, I think, Kristen Stewart gives a great performance. She doesn't get enough credit for being a good actress, but definitely check this movie out. I was gonna, I was gonna jump in on that. Actually, I feel like I haven't seen any Kristen Stewart projects since Twilight, and I <laughs> think everybody I was like really, uh, you know, just really honing in on that fact that 
that performance was not I very think, good. I and... think all of the actors in that movie have been marked by that series. And nobody hated it more than Robert Pattinson during that entire <laughs> filming process. I saw a meme interview. that he that he prepared for his brooding Batman role by being in Twilight and then like having to deal with the aftermath for 10 years or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I mean fair enough. I I kind of feel like that tide has turned over the past 10 years and and Kristen Stewart is now, you know, considered more of a A-list actress. Follow-up question is historical fiction is that like Inglorious Bastards? You could kind of make an argument for it, but I would say not necessarily because the main protagonists are not the real people. Mm. You know what I mean? Historical fiction tends you know, I, to me is more if you pick a character, the the real character, and follow him around and, and what he does. Because otherwise you could consider Forrest Gump historical fiction. Yeah. I mean, maybe. You know? Can we? Is this, Can is this we? an audience question? For, maybe. Forrest himself, was, <laughs> but Forrest himself was not a real person. If, if you trace it back to, again, you know, Truman Capote and in cold blood his story was about an actual murder and he interviewed the murderers and he told their story and he told the story of the murder but for certain parts he kind of filled in his own imagination of right. what would have happened mm-hmm. right so that kind that's definitely more the historical fiction because we're following a historical figure in a fictional story rather than following a fictional character through a historical setting Ooh. okay okay we'll throw in an audience question there in the podcast description well let's move on to this other story here on mike tyson selling ear-shaped <laughs> mic bites so these are edibles and obviously the joke is tyson biting vander holyfield's ear off in the in their heavyweight championship uh, my my big takeaway from this was nowhere could i find any evidence that Evander Holyfield actually gets a cut. He kind of bled for this moment. And <laughs> I I don't know. He deserves I cut. feel like I, I felt like he, he deserves something. I don't know. How do you all feel about that? <laughs> I mean, he deserves his cut, you know. he I think he took the one for the team in this situation. It deserves to be made whole. Oh, man. <laughs> in my opinion, Holyfield should only claim to get a, uh, a piece of the action if it's a direct mold <laughs> based on his ear. They, they should partner the up. If they are using the likeness of his ear, then yes, he deserves a cut. They should just- partner up for this. I mean, that would be a great way to make amends, maybe. I- Nobody likes to make peace more than through financial gain. I love that idea. That would be the- so the- great <laughs> if they could collaborate on that. This feels like this would have been a perfect story for last week's, considering the whole April Fool's thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. This was an April Fool's gag on your part, Alan, where I'm like, I need to read up on this. And apparently it's not legal in Colorado. It's THC infused. You have, you know, yeah. THC infused, and it's not legal in Colorado because Colorado has certain state laws regarding what kinds of edibles can be sold and nothing that's human or human shaped. Nothing that's animal-shaped or fruit-shaped. Essentially, nothing that would attract the attention of a child. So it's not, because, it's not because of the content of the product. It's, it's because the of the shape of the product. It's the shape. It's too wow. human. <laughs> but at least it's vegan, so I'm, I'm in favor of that. Good for them. 
Well, well I'm not upset about it. They, they, they can only sell it, but in the shape of an actual T rather than, mm. oh. than like for Mike Tyson. Yeah. There's no ear edibles in Colorado. <laughs> I'm not even mad at that. The last thing I want is to have someone's ear in my mouth. It just feels too intimate, like I that. think, for a daily. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how big they are. Are they adult ear size or are they like are, are they little tiny gummy bear sized you're wondering if you can have one that you is, can just kind of like chew on or whether you can have them in your mouth and pop them like peanuts exactly like skittles yeah is it the whole ear or just the chunky bit off <laughs> it, it was i went back and i watched the footage and he bites the top of the ear mm -hmm. and clean off it's like half a centimeter and you can you can see in the replay where he spits it out onto the canvas, and that's disgusting. And it it is it is brutal, man. Holyfield's ear did look like a cartoon bite. That was a moment in pop culture history, and even if you were not into boxing at that time, yeah. like you were exposed to that situation, kind of like the, the Will the Smith slap, slap. Yeah. the. The slap slap gate. heard around the world. Was oh. Slap heard around the world. <laughs> slap Mageddon. Slap Mageddon. Will Smith was nominated for best smackter. I heard that one. I went from I went from wanting to try these CBD infused gummies to not wanting at all because <laughs> <laughs> of the last two minutes of conversation. <laughs> we can get our hands on it. I'll. I'll still, uh, I'm still gonna try it. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'll try anything once. Let's move on Good to time. our next story, which is banned books on the internet or banned books and the internet. Jess, yes. what do you have for us? I saw a post on Facebook about recent books that have been banned in schools. I feel like the banned label makes people want to go out and read them more. And I've been looking into a few different resources and videos, which are linked below if you want to read them as the articles as well about banning books in schools and how that may be a good thing or a bad thing. My my argument is how much of that will actually matter since kids have so much access to the internet anyways. And I feel like at least in schools, you're in a controlled setting where you can view opinions with adults present versus kids being on the internet. You don't really have a lot of control over what they do with their internet usage when they're away from you. Doesn't it matter what books we're talking about being banned when we ask whether it's a good thing or a bad thing for kids? Yes, I think it definitely matters. I'm, And that's the other thing. I'm not sure who's putting a list together of the books that are banned and to what demographic they're being banned to. parents. <laughs> they, yes, for uh, sure. From, from what I've heard over the years conservative parents seem to be the most vocal about banning yeah. books and then progressive parents are just trying to keep those books included mm -hmm. uh, but that's usually the dynamic and that's that brings us to to another point that you made about the books being banned just makes them more attractive to kids and 
then they go mm-hmm. out and they want to find out why they're banned and they go online. They can be exposed to that content anyways. Mm. Like kids will see a list of like these books were banned. And because they do have access to the, to social media anyway and the internet, I mean, yeah, maybe younger children probably won't notice, but Bingo. the younger, yeah, the younger children are now getting cell phones too. So, I mean, they may not understand that the books are banned, but I do feel like banned books are never quietly banned. Usually they'll circle back into media being labeled like these books are now banned, which brings them into the spotlight, which then in turn does the opposite, maybe. Because I, I myself saw a book in that list that I immediately ran out to buy and I already finished it. Oh. So yeah, it immediately yeah, what book is um, that? Flowers in the Attic. And it was so good. Okay. And I, I should have known it was a sign. I had seen it in the in the trailers on Amazon Prime, which you can watch it. Watch the one that you have to rent, not the free one. It's not as good. Wait, what's this? I watched Flowers the in the Attic. Yes, so it was made into it was adapted into a movie, as most good books are. But not oh, a I good missed that part. Okay, so it's it's <laughs> Sorry, a movie let me circle now. Back. Yes, oh, well, that was those of us who thirty years ago, they made a new one with Kiernan Shipka, which oh, yeah. is also not that great. Like you could tell that it was one of her first films. That book has so much potential to be a good film because it's based on just a really good story which you know most movies are do you have a two-sentence summary of the book for us yes i do a group of kids father passes away and their mother takes them to their wealthy grandmother's home but her father doesn't know that she has children and she has to lock them away in an attic to hide them and initially, it's supposed to be for about a week, but that time frame gets longer and longer and longer until they've been in there for, I think, years. Wow. It is really interesting. There are certain topics, again, that are that would require the book to be censored, but I feel like it definitely intrigued me from the get-go. If you're yeah. conservative. Like what? Yeah, is it for sure. about homosexuality, racism? What Should you tell them, Jess? Why is it I don't know. I think y'all should go find out because it was, I, I think it was part of the book. I don't think it's. It's one of those things that if, if we just even say what the content is, gives well, away. The majority of the book. Yeah. So wow, I would okay. say, check it out. It's mm-hmm. banned. So if you really want to be a rebel, go buy the book. <laughs> I think read it and then let us know your thoughts. Okay. You don't read the book. Don't watch the movie. Ooh. Next up, I wanted to talk about. Ketanji Brown Jackson. Obviously, we we brought it up last week a little bit. Ketanji Brown Jackson was nominated to the Supreme Court. She's going to be replacing Justice Stephen Breyer. And I, a couple of things that I want to mention about the story is that one, it fulfills one of President Biden's campaign promises, which is giving him like some little brownie points because everything else is going south a little bit. His his approval ratings were just tanking obviously inflation whoever's in charge gets the blame those gas prices making are making people feel very very stressed out yeah they're upset with that but Mm -hmm. this is this is a real big one he very specifically said he wanted to elect a i think he he said he wanted a, a, a woman of color to be nominated and elected to the supreme court 
And he honestly, he had a really good choice here in Judge Jackson. She's served at every level of the courts. She has decades of experience. She even, I think she was a clerk for Justice Stephen Breyer previously. And so she she basically did everything perfect to set herself up for this position. And yeah. then she endured a barrage of asinine questions from Republican senators. And I actually tweeted out during the first two days that just on her patience alone in dealing with those <laughs> questions, I felt she deserved the nomination. I was at home watching a replay. It wasn't even live. I was watching the, those recaps and I was getting so angry on her behalf because they were just ridiculous questions. But Do you have an example of a, a question that she got asked? I didn't get to watch a uh, playback. Oh, man. So Lindsey Graham is one that I just hear him talk, Republican mm -hmm. senator. And he, I just hear him talk. And every time he says something, it's just ridiculous. He, I, He's like Fred Phelps without the charm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I was I don't know if I have a specific question from him. I think someone asked asked Judge Jackson if she thought that the United States needed more police or something mm -hmm. like that. And obviously they're they're trying to get her to say something that's going to the all the cops in the in the US against her if she says yes, we need more, then she puts liberals against her because you know there's no right answer there's no right answer and yeah. she very very astutely turned it back and said respectfully that's not part of the purview of my job as a justice and so then mm -hmm. i would like to abstain from the question and then they kept poking her like oh okay why why are you avoiding the question you know that kind of thing and she basically said and and this was the, the 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 best part of it. She was able to back that up and said, "I don't believe that Supreme Court justices should make public political uh, statements because we of their feelings." <laughs> yeah, so that's not part of our job, and so I don't feel like we should make political opinions public. Yeah, I mean. It shouldn't be, even though they're political appointees, the president comes in and appoints someone, it's still not, that's not where they should lean when making their decisions. Their decisions should be based solely on the Constitution. And so she really stuck to her, to her guns on that. There were a lot of questions that were just very much of that nature, trying to politicize her her nomination, first of all. Yeah. And trying to get her to say something like like that that would lose her favor mm -hmm. with one in side one or way or the other, which obviously shouldn't matter because once she's elected, she's elected for life, and she doesn't really need to. Even if people are criticizing her, she can still mm -hmm. do what she needs to do. But I think yeah. she, she said at some point that Supreme Court justices are the highest in the land, so they their mm -hmm. opinion does matter. But, yeah, you know, you shouldn't use it for political reasons. You should only use it to interpret the Constitution or what the founders meant in the Constitution and all that. Really awesome. It's very, very upsetting to hear all the questions that just didn't have anything to do with her, with what her mm -hmm. job should be. But really just 
an excellent display of patience. And you could tell that she was just, she knew what to expect and she knew what she wanted to answer and, and portray with each of her answers. Do you all have any thoughts on this story? Yeah, I think she's a, she's a fantastic candidate. I know she's already been confirmed and, you know, she'll be taking on that role. And I do think her opinion, obviously, you know, she doesn't want to make any outstanding political opinions known yet, but her position to give her opinion in the United States Supreme Court, I think is very important, not only because she is a woman, not only because she is African-American, but she is right now the only Supreme Court justice that has actually served as a public defender. And I think that's very important because a lot of people, when they think about the justice system in America, they're just focused on the prosecutors and the DA and the judges Mm -hmm. and the cops and the bailiffs and all that, forgetting that the defense is just an an important part of our justice system and probably has the more important role in making sure innocent people do not go to jail. So I think her opinion and experience as a public defender is is very vital and crucial to to take up to the, the Supreme Court. Yeah, it's going to be something to watch once we uh, once we have her on the on the court. I thought it was really interesting that about not giving her opinion that brought me back to a different article that I had read on doctors and whether or not they should disclose their standing on certain things since you're depending on them for care. And I can definitely see that, especially with the questions they gave her, they were more focused on her opinions than her actual educational background for this position. And I think that's exactly where the division is now, where you can't even support someone based on their political standing. You need to know their beliefs as well for the position that they're going for. And I guess the question now is, would you rather know the opinions of the politicians or do you want to know their education and how they can interpret the constitution within that education? Because it seems like more people nowadays care about the beliefs behind those in office rather than their education. And I think we've seen that a bit. I think that's always been the case. I mean, rhetoric is what sells a politician. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, she, even though she's a political appointee, this is not a political position. Yeah. So I'd rather not know because mm-hmm. her record should speak for itself. Now, that is important because she has a record. Whereas, yeah. like the previous ones that Trump nominated, like Justice Amy Coney Barrett, I don't think she had any experience whatsoever. And then Brett Kavanaugh. He had education. I think he did come from Harvard or something, but his career did not match at all with being a justice. Mm-hmm. This is at least an appropriate nomination. And yeah. there is history and- to look back on. And I think this is the prime example of what a nomination should be. Mm-hmm. And so personally, I, I don't think I would like to have the no. opinions muddy the waters if they're not what she's using to base her judgments on. Her, yeah, her I do also... I feel like they may be asking these opinions, not knowing that she can't or that that's not what her position does. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I feel I don't know how many people really know the the, the Supreme Court with the United States. Yeah. Supreme and what does. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. It's prosecuting, you know, people are imagining a court with a D.A. and a defense attorney. That's not what the U.S. Supreme Court does. You know, they only hear yeah. on matters regarding to constitutional law. So it's, it's yeah, a big difference from on that level than what people would probably normally think of when they think of a yeah. system. 
Yeah. yeah, for sure. Now, the other important note on that is even though we are watching on TV and we're wondering all these things, the senators know better. So Should. they're using their question time for political reasons. But if you are wondering and you and just watching makes you think, mm-hmm. I would like to know more, then you can, yeah. you can go online and search more and kind of hear people talking about stuff, read people talking about stuff. And mm-hmm. that's why we do discussions like this where people that are not keeping up with it and that aren't as informed, we can at least get them curious enough, maybe provide them some article links where they can go and read and then read related and educate themselves. So that that's that would be my, my two cents on that is the senators should know better. But <laughs> I mean, they do. They do. It's just that they're using their time. They're politicians. Yeah. yeah they're, exactly. they're <laughs> always be hustling they're for doing. those votes. Lastly, we want to talk about something that we're, we're thinking of calling Elon's Corner. <laughs> ben, you have a story, uh, another story on Elon, and that's not your fault at all. Obviously, you're not picking and choosing. He just seems to be as ubiquitous as, as oxygen on Earth, isn't it? We should call it Elon Watch. watch. Elon we just watch. keep an eye on him every week. <laughs> if there's anybody to blame, it's going to be Elon for being on the news like every week. But no, this week they just dropped the bomb on us on Thursday, like by opening up the the Gigafactory here in Texas. And like the saying goes, everything's bigger in Texas. This has been probably the biggest. I think it's already the biggest Gigafactory, and it's not even done yet from oh, wow. all the from all six of them that he has. And it's sitting. Just to put it into perspective, it's over. It's a little over twenty one hundred acres. Which, putting that into perspective, is about like 1,600 football fields put together. Jesus. Americans will use anything other than the metric system. How, how many meters is that? None. <laughs> football fields. <laughs> football fields. How Thank long you, is that you in come in, You come into three football fields within America and say that. <laughs> it took three years to build the first phase of that gigafactory. Wow. Can you and tell it, me... Can you explain what a gigafactory is? There's big factories, then there's <laughs> oh. mega factories, and then oh. there's and then this is on its own scale the biggest factory that there is. Okay. I, I thought that was just his name for it, but it is a type <laughs> of factory because there's mega everything, right? And so there's okay. mega factories. Is you're implying that it's just bigger than everything else. Elon, of for course, has to one-up that. For those of us not in the technological field, I I associate that to gigabytes. So I was thinking like giant motherboard or like server or something like that. So I was like, that sounds about right. That sounds about things he does. <laughs> That's about right. I mean, giga, G-I-G-A, right. the first part of gigantic. So mm-hmm. that is what he was going for. Like, let's just take it all the way up. Let's and- just make all of them. <laughs> well, if you want to catch the show, uh, it's actually on YouTube. It's about an hour long. He comes in. He comes in guns a blazing. If you look at the show, like okay. they paid it, they paid attention to every single detail from the first seconds all the way to the end. He comes in riding one of, one of his prototype roadsters. He comes in, talks about the factory, talks about how it's going to like theme. There's theme music. There's fireworks, there's formation drones, formation drones. Come on, who uses formation drones to to cut the ribbon 
on a new location. No. Catch that. If you're gonna make a Giga Factory, you gotta have. He even put the the dog from Dogecoin. Oh, oh yeah, the the Shiba Inu. The Shiba, yeah, Shiba he Inu. put that up in the sky with the drones. Just to go <laughs> I mean, Elon's always been a backer for for Dogecoin mm-hmm. from from inception. So I, I think, and right now, I mean, I'm not gonna go into that rabbit hole, but crypto is just not strong right now where it should be. Yeah. Do it's you all own Dogecoin. any Dogecoin? Yes, sure I do. Yes, me too. <laughs> I do not. How much? I don't even know. I I set it and forget it. <laughs> it's one of those things. Uh, well, you've been buying anyways. recurringly. No, I haven't. I think I got that one portion when it was really low, and then, yeah, I don't know enough about stocks to be here right now. <laughs> but I just know that <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't own be a in this bit. conversation right now. Back, back up, back Wrong up meeting. a little bit. <laughs> you shouldn't be buying and selling. Yeah, that's buying. right. I shouldn't that's be buying right. any of it, but if, I know that I have. If some. there's any <laughs> any advice for our listeners today, is that you should not uh, buy and be sell buying. anything that you don't understand. Uh, <laughs> and in short, uh, yes, I do have some Dogecoin, and I don't know how much either, but is a big old <laughs> scoopful of Doge. But Ben, I do have a question for you on the. Mm-hmm. With this whole Giga show that he put on, he also mentioned that their Tesla is going to start producing those humanoid robots. And I had heard of this. I thought it was a joke, but it <laughs> this was not an April Fool's show. Like, we're past that. He was serious. He was on stage. He showed, like, video advertising. This looks amazing. So, big question. Is Elon Musk our real-life Tony Stark? Yes. <laughs> Short answer. There's, there's no way around it. If there's anybody out of the 6 billion people in this world that could be relatively considered close to Tony Stark, it would be Elon Musk. Because, like you said, like that, uh, it's called the Optimus Humanoid Robot. He wants to push it by the end of next year into production. Oh, God. It's in... I don't know how many times during his presentation he quoted himself by saying, this is no Terminator stuff. We're like, we're not going to have no Skynet thing coming down. These robots are just merely for for tasks that people don't want to do. For the simple, repetitive tasks. We're well, not yeah, going to... That's how it all starts. Until, we're not going to uh, condone them to menial tasks that humans don't want to do. Like robotics. No, he he <laughs> said no no Terminator stuff. Winston, oh. any any words come to mind when you hear that? Yeah. First Bad of idea. all, <laughs> I know you know a lot of people would call him our our reality is Tony Stark, but really Elon Musk is our Justin Hammer. Okay, he thinks he's Tony Stark. He puts on the big shows to be like Tony Stark. You know, you ask who uses formation drones. Justin Hammer had oh. formation drones in oh, his God. presentation. You know, he comes out guns a blazing. So oh, he's he's definitely more <laughs> Justin Hammer than Tony Stark, and probably more Miles Dawson than Dyson. Well, than for, for sake for sake of argument, uh-huh. I hope you're wrong. Because if he is the if he is the hammer to a Stark we don't have, oh god, then, then we're we're in like really bad odds here. But yeah, let me tell you why I feel better now that now that. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've compared him to Justin Hammer, I feel a little bit better because 
the words that came to mind for me were the the path to hell is paved with good intentions. And mm-hmm. what happens to Stony Stark? Uh, he intends In to protect movie. the world, and he accidentally creates Ultron. And unfortunately, these humanoid androids. I I wish that he had started with assistants that maybe don't look humanoid, but now that he's gone this path, I don't know. I, I feel like we have Ultron 2024 to look forward to. So let's see what happens. <laughs> Hopefully we're all wrong in the best ways. And I do buy your toilet like, paper. <laughs> if he's intentionally going for humanoid robots, that's clearly just the smoke and mirrors of it all. Because the human body is actually very poorly designed to do the things that we do in terms of those menial jobs. A robot that does not look human would arguably function better in whatever it is. That's why combines don't look human. You know, cars work better with tires than with two peg legs and a high center of gravity. You know, so just going for humanoid robots just to do menial tasks, it's definitely that Justin Hammer part where he's like, hey, look what I can do. Look how much sizzle I can put on that stage. And he's got a dance floor. This is Justin Hammer. (laughs) (laughs) He comes out dancing to his presentation. Now, during during his show, he, he mentioned something that he refers to as the machine that builds the machine. So he's already using machines that don't look humanoid to build his cars in the gear factory. And I can only imagine that he's going to use machines in a similar way to produce Mm -hmm. these android or these robotic humanoids. And what's going to happen is I think that the AI is going to get smart and say that this is not the best design. And the AI is going to be pumping out different versions of it. And yeah, I... It's going to make itself smarter and stronger. It's going to make itself smarter and better. That's the... Oh, my God. It's, there's a certain point where the computers that we're using do get advanced enough that they can mm-hmm. start making better computers than any human mind ever could. And once we set yeah. down that path, then what's going to happen? Oh, man. <laughs> so we should be expecting Judgment Day somewhere around 2024, 2025? No, we, we just got to make there. friends with some preppers. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, hopefully true. we get the robots that are, that are more similar to the ones in Interstellar that <laughs> we're actually just there to help oh yes exactly Wally some Wallys yeah let's that's just, cute let's just start that's with cute. Wally and 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 if people like work it, our way up work our way up <laughs> work yeah. our way up from there to evil robots we, <laughs> we'll it make sounds, them. we probably we probably won't be here by the time the robots actually take over so oh I hope that's true <laughs> that's kind of comforting yeah (laughs) listeners thank you for joining us today you can find links to the stories mentioned in this episode in the podcast description if you like what you hear be sure to subscribe or follow on your podcast app and you'll receive our latest episodes in your feed for free really cool how that works you just received the full scoop we'll have more for you next week hey we want to hear from you Do you have a question or topic you want to hear on the show? Drop us a line at speakpipe.com forward slash full scoop and it could get featured in an episode.